0: Hello, everybody, we're back here with another episode of Is Our Live and we have with us the beautiful ladies on our panel here again this week from the fan club and they've named themselves this year by uh, this this week, by the way, and they call themselves Shaki Fan Team and Shaki stands for Shari Anoki, right? Anoki fan team, and they are here. The ladies representing the fan group at Shorya or Anoki Kekahani. And they are um gonna be talking about another topic today, and they're gonna be talking about parental pressure and parental control on the decisions to get married. Uh, because what happened in Anoki last week was Sharia. The protagonist, the male protagonist of the show, got uh, steamrolled into getting engaged to a girl of his aunt's choice without his consent. He got pressured, he got blackmailed into getting engaged um, by his aunt. So, we're going to talk more about this entire blackmailing that South Asian parents are really good at and South Asian kids try to avoid but cannot avoid, and how and why this happens. So, I have with me here on the panel, uh, Sumi Rana, I have Supriya, I have Manushi and I have Shreya. But before we start the discussion, I wanted to take some time and get Shreya give us a lowdown on what exactly happened this week on the show.
1: So this week Hunter Valley Anuki got into the action women like uh, you know black shadow kind of role and she you know saved her man that was a very powerful scene according to me so kudos to the maker for you know thinking it innovatively you know not it was not like she just saved him but like she used her brains to do it which will make it which makes it more sexy and appealing. Mm-hmm. Then the se- Maha Milan happened of Shaurya and Anoki. Like they tried to meet, but they couldn't because of some circumstances. And uh, Devi's, the me- Mahan playing mother victim card, she started playing the emotional, uh, you know, it's, to- it's taking a toll on Shaurya. So we are seeing that. And t- today's episode, which we all love and we all watch together, so we don't need to review that or, or should we include that in no of course
0: of course because that was that was friday for north america and saturday for you so we include that here definitely
1: so that today's episode i think highlights the entire week according to me this episode actually highlighted the entire show just not this week because they talked about their problems from first episode to the last episode like how has the story progressed so if people are starting to watch the show from this episode, it's a great episode to start the show with.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Shreya, for giving us a lowdown. So let's start talking about what exactly transpires. So Sharia, the male protagonist, is a strong character. He's complex. He's complicated. He has a history. And that's what makes him lead. That's what makes his decision lead. That's what makes him emotional and to really understand this character let me let me let me take you to Sumi. Sumi you understand this character really well. Tell us more about the character Shoria and his character arc and how he has grown into uh, from Shoria the angry guy who's really angry at his mother for 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 abandoning him to Shoria the guy who's in love with Anoki. Uh, See Shoria has been angry at his mother but he
2: was Never the kind of person who will be uh, unjust or unfair to anybody. You know, he always had this sense of righteousness right from the start. He would, he was the only one who would uh, protect his uh, family members, the Gayatri, uh, you know, and Kanchan, and raise his voice against uh, the emotional torture they go through in his household. Um, you know, small whenever there is taunts coming their way, he would protect them in his way. But yes, he had this. Uh, 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 thinking about women and the and their career because of the way he has been brought up uh anoki has brought a dis- different perspective to his life definitely he has changed definitely but you know there is still a lot that he has to do in this journey because uh, he has fallen in love that is the first step you know but then how you uh, keep that love intact uh, fight with the different ideology uh, of anoki fight with the different ideologies in the sense you, you know accept that ideologies are different and you work towards a common goal. Like right now, they are in parallel modes of communication in their minds. So they have to work together so when their parallel line will actually meet and cross over. So he is doing that. Uh, what he needs is little time from Anokhi. Anokhi needs to give him a chance and he needs to give Anokhi time. So, you know, uh, this is the byplay that is happening right now. He cannot rush Anokhi into making a decision and Anokhi has to believe and take that leap of faith that yes, if he's saying he will support me, he will support me because he's not the kind of man who would say that I will fight for you and he'll back out. He's a very, very righteous, very loyal, very, uh, a man who says and he does that exactly. You know, he's very true to his words. So that is something he, he, Anuki has to trust him on. And I think it's a beautiful journey till now also from, from, from where it started to hear of him falling in love, of him understanding, you know, that love is an emotion that you cannot control by brain. And it is not a match that you make with your family. Like, oh, fine, I'll marry Shagun because, you know, she fits into my uh, into the bracket of what an ideal woman should be. Love is, it's a hurricane that blows you over and, and you just need to stand your ground. You know, you can't think from mind all the time. And he has realized that. Now he has to realize that how he has to work towards a common goal of living with Anokhi, making her happy, making himself happy without the compromises. You know, nobody should compromise on their happiness, but they both have to be happy together and individually. So that is the journey that starts from today. And it's a very, very beautiful uh, character progression in arc, I would say. So It's very beautiful. Shara is a delight to watch. So happy that a character like that exists in IP
0: sorry for putting that forward uh, sumi that's uh, that's very well kind of summarized especially the character journey now an important part of this is uh, is of course the fact that um there is of course the character journey of shoria yes. the character
3: so uh, this issue does exist um and um, it did happen with my dad also but my father was uh, very um stubborn or he was very insistent that uh, this is my life and i i make my decision so he chose to marry my mother uh who was older to him though so my grandmother was not happy about that uh, she was not happy till the end of her this thing um as far as i go uh, my parents because they chose themselves they gave me a, a upper hand um because my father believed that you know by just giving birth to you uh, you don't owe us anything because it was our selfishness that uh, we gave birth to you so you don't owe us anything so it's your life you uh, need to go and make your decision and you need to um, choose what you want to do And my mother and my father both supported me in that but um, to your first question yes this um, this happens a lot and I've seen that in my family too, with my cousins and others where there's a lot of pressure, uh, for them to marry the choice that they bring in, um, not just, um, uh, there, even with me, it happened. Like, you know, I, I, my parents were getting pressured saying that this guy is nice. Why don't you just go and, you know, and just say, yes. Um, my mom was like, um, unless you tell us if the sky is nice and it, unless these two like each other, I'm not going to go further. So my parents pushed back saying it's my daughter's choice and it's my daughter's life. So we are not going to interfere much. Uh, so uh, that was, uh, but one of the main reasons which we feel and which came comes out very um, openly is parents say, we gave life to you we gave you education we gave you uh, everything that you are now so you owe all your life to us and that sense of gratitude is what makes some of them help uh, us to control the decisions they say that because you owe it to us you uh, do it but then again there is a balance here like there are parents who are going for arranged marriages like my uncle did go and that's one of the reasons why he went for arranged marriages is because he didn't find a girl so my mother was very clear that you didn't find a girl on your own why don't we look for a girl it's your choice ultimately so it's not completely that arranged marriages are completely out of the choice I mean, outside the choice yes there are there are two types i would say of arranged marriages one is with the choice of the parents alone and where the children's choice is not considered i know many of my male colleagues have married only based on the parents choice and they have met their wives on the first night of their marriage i know that those incidents but there are the other set of arranged marriages also where they have taken the full consent of the girls or the boys, and taken their consent and said, "You can go and meet, meet them, meet each other, get to know each other, then only decide and see if it is, you know, worth going here." Uh, so this is the current scenario. And I would leave it to you. If you have any questions on it.
0: No, I think I think you've, you've given us a mixed bag of um everything that uh, you know, uh, you experienced yourself. Uh, I want to move to Manushi. Uh, Manushi, uh, give us your low down on because you you do come from obviously a Gujarati conservative yeah, yeah. family. Tell us more about how it is there. Uh, Yeah, so
4: Mira, basically, uh, I hail from a typical Gujarati family. But like you, even I've been blessed to take my own decisions. Like my parents have been my backbone throughout all the time. I have made decisions, they have allowed me to be a failure. That's the best thing I owe to them because I have failed, and I, I really don't uh, have any qualms in admitting that I have failed. Because from my failures, I have learned, and my parents have always bagged me up. They've told me that you, it's your right to fail, and then get up and fight, because you know that's the most important thing: to rise, to fall, and to rise again. That's the most important thing they've taught me. And the other thing is that uh, about the conservative part, yes, we do have like in my family, my mama's side, like uh, my mom's brother and everyone. So they were looking uh, for a groom for my cousin sister. So they had criteria set that, you know, this is the kind of guy we're looking for, my sister, and uh, we want this kind of guy. So there was a category said that, you know, we want a Jain guy, we want a guy who should be well, stable enough, and, you know, all other criteria. So that really alarms me to a point that how can you actually categorize and condemn uh, a biodata sort of thing that you know this is the kind of guy you're looking for now you, there are things written like six feet tall tall dark handsome I'm like you're not talking about a product I really raised this and I was like everyone in the room was shocked that what are you saying I'm like you guys are really talking as if you're describing some mobile phone that you want this screen length, you want this you want that so you know I was appalled at the level of uh, backwardness people have in my own family. So then I said that, why don't you look for inner features, like goodness, the inner goodness, uh, loyalty of a person, or let's say understanding or you know compatibility and other various things. Why do you look for the superficialness of everything? So that's where everything rounds out uh, out to. And then it's like, and parents become emotional blackmail machines. They're like, my sister's like, no, I don't want to get married to, you know, such a guy who has such characteristics. I want a guy. I want one whole year to uh, know him, at least And my parents and everyone was like, no, no, one year. Oh my God, you can't take an year. It's an arranged marriage for heaven's sake. And I was like, what's the problem? I mean, you should know a person before you get married. And it should be from your consent. Absolutely. I mean, without marrying without consent is like, no, and children need to realize that parents are not gods. No parent on this earth is God. No parent, believe me, and parents are wrong. And this is a very very, very straightforward. Fact. We will, we will come to,
0: we will come to that. That is another round of questions that we will come to, Manushi. But thank you so much for, we, for, for we putting that. We to move to uh, Shreya on this note. Shreya, tell uh, us because your experience.
1: So what I, I have to make three points if you just allow me. So one thing is motive. One is motivation. So there are two motivations for a parent to intervene according to their logic. One is that they love you. That they don't want you to make those mistakes that they have went through. Like, their life experiences. But they don't know that you can't uh, make someone else's decision based on your life experiences. One aspect of the problem is that. That they think they're, they're coming from a place of love. The second motivation, which uh, Supriya said is that uh, sorry I think Sumi or Supriya might have said is that uh, it's an aspect of gratitude and death that they have given you life so they are entitled to make decision on you in Devi's case it's the second uh, thing and not the first so she, she doesn't love it's, it's not coming from a place of love so that's why it's problematic for me if see uh, the one is first uh, in first category, it falls like bubbly. Like bubbly is doing what uh, Devi is doing to uh, Shreya, the same thing bubbly is doing for anuki But we are not hating bubbly so much as we are hating Devi. What I think is the Indian family structure. So what happens in states and other countries is that. Uh, kids move out of their parents' home when they are 18, so they're independent financially. They don't depend on their parents for money, or they don't live with them, right? In India, people live with their parents. So what happens is, okay, when a, another person is coming into your home, it's like everyone gets to decide what kind of a person he or she is. It can be. So I don't. So it's a practical thing according to some families, which I more or less. Okay, I I don't have a strong opinion that if their uh, lesson uh, process, uh, decision-making process is wrong or right, but that's the motivation part that I'm talking about. The third thing is there's no difference between a Ramesh Bhalla and a Devi uh, Sabarwal for me. Because both are equally toxic. One might leave a physical scar, the second is leaving an emotional scar. So both of them have issues with control and they think they are always right. And you can't question them. Which Devi has this paranoia, I would call it, that Aastha will come back. She'll take Shauri away. So because of that, it's coloring. I don't think at this point she's even listening to Tej. Tej is much smarter. So he also wants to control Shauri's decisions. But he's doing it in a smart way. So he wanted to separate Shauri and Anuki. So he asked him to go to Patyala. Instead of like, you know, emotionally blackmailing story like De- Devi does. So that's why I think Paige is playing smarter than Devi. And even Shan, I think he is also that character. So let's not talk about him. I don't want to give him that much importance because Shan is failing on every aspect right now, even as father, even as husband. So, but because of that, so I think I made all of my points. Uh, I think if someone else wants to interject.
0: Sumi, what do you want
2: to say? Uh, actually, I agree with Shreya. You know, uh, for Devi, come, if, if if this was coming out of a place of love or concern, it changes the whole perspective. She would actually sit down, have a chat with Shreya, think about what he's saying, think about the repercussions. She would try to tell him why she thinks Shagun is better for him. If she well, if She thinks Shagun is better, but she would say in a logical manner. Here, it is all about the control, about holding that fort of power and manipulation that she has been holding for the last 30 odd years. And here she is totally discarding every happiness of Shreya. I mean, she is not bothered about it at all. She is only bothered about herself. So it is totally, there is nothing called love in this equation anywhere. It is not love. It is manipulation. It is emotional, um, emotional why emotional violence, you can say. It's like she's attacking Shaurya on everything that is important to him. She's breaking his heart and she's making him realize that he is not that important for her. Like all these years he believed that, you know, I am, he is important to Devi. Even when uh, in this, in the last week's episode when Devi asks, give me one promise, I will, you know, I will become better if you give me that promise. The first thought that Chhadeh had was that she may be asking something for myself. Like, I should take care of myself. I should sleep on time. I should rest. I should not talk to strangers. He thought that she's asking something for himself. If he takes care of himself, she is going to get well soon. And she says, no, I want you to get engaged to Shagun. And he got the shock of, of his life because he thought she's thinking about him. And now she has attacked his heart and she has made him question his whole upbringing. I mean, he's definitely questioning that is this the same woman I held on to this. You know, I, I made such an important figure in my life. I believed blindly that, you know, I told Aastha in front of her that, you know, you are not my mother. She's my mother. And now everything is a question mark because if she does not care for me now, he had to literally fold his hands and beg. If your child is begging for his happiness, the mother has failed completely. I mean, you cannot be a mother if your child has to beg for his happiness. That is his right. That is your duty to give to your child. Not, not. It's not his debt on you. And
0: My question is, why does a child even need to ask from a mother? A child is not, he's 30, he's an adult. The child doesn't have to ask at that age. The child is able to take these decisions without asking, because, you know, the concept of individuality in Indian society needs to exist, in South Asian societies, needs to exist, the child is not an extension of the people around him, the person is an individual first, he is the person, he or she is an individual in their own right, they have their own likes and dislikes, and personal likes and dislikes do not fall under the ambit of reason. You like a certain vegetable, you don't like a certain vegetable. You like a certain person, you don't like a certain person. You like a certain color, don't like a certain color. You have personal likes and dislikes. If you're not not supposed to give reasoning for that or or answerable, you're not answerable for anybody for, for that. How are you answerable for other things? You are an individual in your own right because of all those likes and dislikes. And why are you answerable for other things? So the entire concept of a person, a personality separate from your parents, why doesn't it exist in our families? Why don't we respect a person? Why don't we respect our children as individuals?
2: I think in this case, he she does not even ask him about his about his reasoning of why does does he wants to get married to another She is not bothered about it. See, his individuality does not matter to her because he is a trophy. He is
0: not a person. Charle he is he, a, he, person. He's a toy. He's a, he's a toy she snatched from yes, somebody else. A, he has. She has no she, emotional attachment to that toy except it's a snatched toy from somebody else. He. She has no emotion. This shows you that the emotional cord does not exist it's just a
2: show. the trophy that she has kept on her uh, uh, you know fort of control like i like to call it and she just she just gloats that see this is my trophy this is what i have done and i will not let that trophy fall into another hand but the thing is because of this behavior of hers in the last week she has made herself clearly visible to Shora she opened his eyes actually she she you knows she she wanted to control him and uh, get him away from anoki and by doing so she actually pushed him towards anoki she pushed him towards his happiness because she really wanted to kill his happiness. So in a way it has it is a very um, like wrong judgment on her part for a lady who's so shrewd and manipulative she completely lost the track here she did
0: not judge it well at all.
2: Considering she says she understands Shara
0: so well, she yes, she, she does not. Because had changed. she had she understood Shorya, she would not have made this move at all. She did not understand. She does not understand another human being. She's not able to read Shagun. She's not able to read people around her. She is a very bad read. She's uh, she's she's a self-centered person. She's manipulative. That's what she is. She reads situations well, but she doesn't read people well. Because of her failure to read people well, her her plans normally fail, which is what's been happening you know if you if you see her track record all her plans are failing but having said that let me let me move on to manushi manushi individuality of children in a, in indian families why are children of indian families not treated as individuals
4: um mostly miral because uh they are they are always told that you know you are a kid they are never allowed to explore and get out of that shell of protection that parents have, you know, sometimes that shell becomes the suffocating chamber for children because it's like absolutely that, okay, fine, we need our parents at at all point, point in our lives, you know, every time we need our parents, but parents need to realize that when that care becomes suffocation, you know, there's a thin line of difference between care and suffocation that parents often breach. They don't realize that they're overdoing themselves by doing certain things. Like telling your child that please go to bed at 12 is okay. But then standing at the top of his head for like two hours and, you know, slamming the same thing again and again, that becomes the suffocation over here. And I think for Shorya, uh, he has always regarded Devi as a mother figure. But in the last week, we saw that how he saw her true colors, like he saw through that crooked side of Devi that, you know, she really doesn't care about his happiness at all. She just wants a remote control to control Sharia. And I think Shorya really realized that what was a curse, that engagement was a curse, definitely. But Shorya broke off the shackles that he had surrounded himself with. You know all the layers of care and protection that Devi had. Sharia broke that off, and I think parents need to realize that as individuals we do exist. It's not that you are always right, and you you don't have the control to you know actually change. You, we are not remote controls for you that you press channel one and then we are going to marry. You press channel two and then we are going to you know do uh, any other thing that you want. So, parents need to realize that. Thanks, Manushi. Um, Shreya?
1: So, what I think was, uh, actually, I'll be the first to admit that I first initially thought that Devi actually loved Sahara. And this has been my consistent opinion on everything. That in the end, I think she does love Sahara and she cares for Sahara and it's not just a control. But this week has made me question that judgment of myself. Only for one simple reason. If that shown that she was facing a conflict or she had some remorse of, you know, trying to, you know, force him. I still would have like some sliver that she is still caring about him. So when he went uh, missing, she was like, no, I won't force him to do anything. He, He can do whatever he wants to do. And at that point, I was like, yeah, that is how a normal person would care for somebody, would react. That they would realize their mistake and, you know, would want just that person to be safe. So I really thought she, at the end, she's still, you know, caring about him. But when she did this drama and when he was literally begging her to stop, I couldn't see a remorse or, you know, just a conflict on her face. And Alka ji is a really good actor. So it's not that she doesn't have the range to pull it off. If she, if the writer had written in it, she would have performed it well. So I think the writers decided that she doesn't love him. It's just the control thing. So I was initially, I'll admit, I thought she loves him. But I think now she's making me question that judgment of mine.
0: I think it was very clear she didn't love him when uh, there was this very specific scene when he was missing, when he was kidnapped. And Asta was standing next to the statue. And... She had uh, Alka, oh, uh, Devi's character, did not have any expression on her face. But when she looked at Asta's face, she made that expression. She started crying. So it was a change of that expression that told you that she did not feel it, but she was acting for Asta because she realized that Shora uh, had turned on her and she needed Asta to get Shora back.
1: And I think uh, Tej has is been uh, is, uh, is been, the one who's prodding uh, uh, Devi to act as Shaudhya's mother. So if you notice throughout the series, Tej will be like, There is this dialogue at back of Devi's head that she has to act as his mother.
0: I don't she, know, think she, she's, she's, not, not, she's not mother material. She's too self-centered to be mother material. Uh, i i think you were right in 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 in, in the assessment um, i think it was supriya who gave the assessment that devi herself is abused she herself has issues because of her childlessness she has insecurities and she herself is abused because emotionally abused because of her childlessness and that's seeping into her character somewhere and that's leading her to be so clutchy and so evil around these these issues however she's never grown any motherly because if she were motherly in i mean you don't have to be a mother you don't have to have a child to have motherly instincts you can have motherly instincts you can be a mother without having a child you don't have to be a mother but she doesn't have any of that because if she even had one percent, uh, an iota of that motherly thing, she wouldn't be leading Shorya through this sham. She wouldn't, you wouldn't do that to another human being, lest somebody you call yourself your your son. So uh, she's emotionally bereft completely. She has zero emotion, love for Shorya to take him through this pain. She's she has zero emotion for Shorya. This proves, and I think Shorya sees that now. So Priya, what do you say?
3: Absolutely. Um I think um uh, um uh, never uh gave she she said one dialogue uh, to uh shakun. Um jabye pacha ro rata chasal ka pacha, jabuski march hold key gaiti, mujani pata chalrata ki makeyakaru, is kesam. To tej nibola kitum usko maka pair de tu marya tumara ojaika. So, it was very clear that, you know, Tej uh, instigated her to uh, become a mother for Shorya uh, against her choice. So, here again, if I talk about choice, Devi did not get a choice uh, of not being a mother to uh, Sharya. Tej wanted Sharya because he was heir apparent for the entire empire. So he didn't want to let go of him. So he, I, I'm sure he must have made a deal with Astar. But then Devi was brought into the myth to keep a control of Sharia because he was a hair apparent. So from the beginning, what I really felt was that it was more of power dynamics which was making Devi uh, close to Sharia. And Devi has been playing that gratitude card from the childhood. She has been playing that. If if uh, Shaurya went and asked for his mother that you sign off your rights, it's because Devi has been playing that. She has been poisoning his mind behind. But that time, Shaurya was getting into the flow because he hated his mother or he felt that his mother hated him. So, he left her. She left him. Uh, but now when it is coming to his life and love life, he's realizing that she's using the same tactics. So that is making him open uh, his eyes now and realize that you know she's, uh, she is uh, uh, not really caring for him. Uh, and she, she wants to control him, but he's still in debt for her. So when it comes to choosing between her life and his love life he chose her life and he chose time so that's the reason why he he gave in to her uh saying that okay fine but then once she's all right then i'm sure he will definitely
0: so i think he's at a, at a stage now where you know i went i saw the pre-cap uh, I just watched the thing in the morning, so I saw a pre-cap and um, I think uh, it's not, Asta doesn't know about uh, the thing, she knows about the engagement, so she's angry with him for breaking his promise, his love to uh, to, to um, Anoki, she doesn't know that he's gone and married her already, so I think she will realize on seeing his hand, but she won't say anything, but she'll go meet Anoki. She will know about their wedding and she won't tell anybody. She'll probably tell Sean. So they will know and uh, obviously she'll bless him and he will then kind of he'll obviously, you know, he'll know that his parents know. That's how I think that's what's going to happen. That's my theory. It reminds me of that story of King Solomon and two
3: mothers. They were fighting for the baby uh on and said that this baby is my mother and then king solomon said okay one of you hold the head and one of you hold the leg whichever side the baby comes to will be the
0: mother the true mother left the baby because she couldn't see she didn't want to hurt and it's it's us she loved she doesn't want to hurt the baby that's what she she's always done she doesn't want to hurt uh, shorya she i mean remember when shorya came home and he's from from the kidnapping and he's sleeping on the bed and Asta is sitting there devi comes in and pushes asta out of the way that scene was terrible she comes in running after uh, convincing uh you know having a chat with shagun conspiring with shagun about how to get uh, anoki out of the way and she comes in and she pushes asta off the bed asta sitting next to her son she pushes Asta. I mean, that scene is hard and Asta is rattled. What the hell happened? She pushes Asta out of the way and sits next to Shaw. It's crazy what she does to Asta. Scary stuff, always. But having said that, so this was the other aspect in in their relationship, the abuse in the relationship. individuality which we've spoken about Uh, what is the solution for this how do we educate and and of course this is important aspect of which Scott can also speak to because American families don't see this a lot they do treat the children as individuals uh, and more so and you know again as lucky not to have that issues within within my 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 upbringing at all but um, but, but yeah, in, in, in South Asian upbringing, in Indian upbringing especially, uh, that blackmail is a very important part of upbringing. Uh, you know, to, to yeni karega, to me marjongi, to ne, tilko meri kasam hai. What the hell is tilko meri kasam hai? What the hell is tilko mere tilko mere marne ki kasam hai? Why does it come to death? Don't eat your food and I will die? what the hell is that where does all this crap come to our mothers and grandmothers and probably this is this is highly abusive this is emotional abuse you don't eat your food i'm gonna die where does this come from to our to our families we're gonna start with suing suing how is it that they're right about things all the time who gives them the right to be right
2: well i think again it is A lot of uh, socio-economic dynamics that come into picture here, you know, like a lot of uh, urban pockets of uh, society today. We are making progress in this, like a lot of households you will find where parents treat their children as individuals. They do not put pressure on them. Like if you take example of like all the people present in this panel, I also have been lucky enough to have parents who have always supported my decision and said, you make your decisions,
0: Yourself, you know, we are not but 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 either. nobody in your family has ever told you to
2: I have never heard the dialogue from anybody in my family, not just my parents, not even my grandparents. I have I have only heard that dialogue. Frankly speaking, okay. I, heard it I,
4: have, I have heard it. Let me just yeah, so I was saying a lot know. of
2: it depends on the socioeconomic pockets also of the society. So like we have uh, we are moving towards that growth. Finally, in a lot of areas. Uh, where, uh, you know, uh, there is a lot of education, there is a lot of freedom, there is a lot of financial freedom, uh, there is less societal pressure, and also, uh, one important rule, joint families sometimes also create these kind of troubles, you know, like we have been, uh, this is how you know, Indian societal structure has been, we have been living together in society uh, and joint families and, you know, communities as, as a family, so we take decisions together, we we uh, uh, give our suggestions together, advices together. And sometimes a lot of influences happen. Like, you know, even if, suppose, I have been lucky enough that my parents have never put any kind of pressure on me. All the choices have been mine to do whatever. If the career that I've chosen, the marriage I have chosen, it has been my decision always. And they have always been there to support me. If I if I fall, they're going to have my back. But they're not going to push me to make a certain decision. You know, uh, uh, so in that way, uh, one aspect is if the joint families sometimes put pressure on parents, even if the parents don't want you to do certain things, there are a lot of outside voices that put pressure. You know, okay, the,
0: the, the relatives. So
2: this, this happened to my uh, neighbor's daughter. She did this. You know, why are you making your daughter do that? You know, so it that also sometimes create influences, and parents get scared because you know. The protectiveness kicks in, and they don't know where to draw that line. Sometimes they are—they are not wrong to make you uh, like talk about your choices. Like it's—I think it's okay for children to have a talk about their decisions with parents. Like you know, I don't want to do this, but parents then have to agree that okay, this is my perspective. I don't think you should do. But if you are doing it, I'm okay. I'm—I'm I'm with you. So then you know you are taking the advice of your parents, you're taking their knowledge into consideration, but you are your own individual. So I think education, um, strength of the parents, like emotional strength that they don't buckle, buckle under the pressure of the society and financial independence, financial freedom, because a lot of times I've, there is this concept of marriages to have financial gains also happens, you know, in real life. People, it's like a, uh, you marry into this family, we will gain this business uh, relationship, We will take this business relationship forward. So, a lot of things are, uh, lot of things decide these uh, small small decisions. So, I think the right path has been been implementing for some time now. A lot of people are making their change, but of course, it's it's not that easy for for many for many parts of the society still.
0: I get that totally. I'm, I mean, I completely understand the socio-economic dynamic here, Manushi. What do you say about that? Why, uh, you know, this entire aspect of "tere ko hai," you know, and and this entire concept of blackmailing by the parents for you to get get you to do things, and and and, and you know, we're, we're we're running out of time, so let's keep it short and sweet.
4: Yeah. So, uh, I personally have experienced this. So, I had my fiance and I were dating since five years, and his family is uh, like a very, uh, you know, they have that concept that like my mother in law, she had this thing that, and he's the only son. So uh, he, we didn't tell our families uh, about our relationship. They got to know, and then they were like, they uh, didn't actually hear him. You know, he had to rebel. They didn't hear him. They suppressed his voices. That you know, no, this is not the girl of our caste. This is not the girl of our choice. She does not match our standard. Uh, she, like the, you know, that's what happened. It's, so it's like a real Devi Shagun situation. Uh, sorry, Devi. It's like a Bollywood movie, right? Like a Bollywood movie. It's like as if Devi was actually my mother-in-law. and she actually did things like you know Shadi karana also was included in that. Rishta's were coming for him. Uh, saying that uh, he doesn't know, he's a child, he doesn't know how to make decisions, we decision le-le-te. So his uh, grandmother and everyone else was like, ke, they called a meeting of people, of all relatives of his uh, you know, community and caste. And everyone was like, ke, oh my God, this has done oh my God, like this And then everybody, they actually got rishtas for him. And uh, they were asking him to get married. It's like God's so you just wrote Tilak and you accept uh, each other. So was to and Jainish had to walk off from middle of that thing. So you can imagine he was not told. He was not told that iska roka he was He was just like, kurta ke He was not even informed so it's as bad as it can get and then uh, his mother called me and then she was like stay away from my son Uh, you know otherwise I am going to destroy your career and I I will make sure that you never uh, reach my son I'll send him to USA and uh, you are not right for my son and stay away and certain things and we literally did everything possible to convince his family that please just see me once as not just like uh, uh, you know that you want an ideal for your son, that you know, just leave that crap and look at me once. And then she was like, hey, I don't even want to see you, you are not even suitable to stand next to my son. This is the level of trash I was given. And I was like, listen, uh, your family is going too out of the way. And then my parents were insulted for this. So, you know, this whole thing went on. And his mother actually blackmailed a heart attack. Ho uh, if you will get married, of and all such things came into the picture. And it was a mess. And he was threatened that, you know, you have to get married from my choice. I am your mother. You you I have I have kept you in my stomach for nine months, so it's my decision. I will decide the girl you marry. And it was that crazy. So it was like a movie, not a movie, but a whole Sharia Anokhi happened at, in my life. So I have gone through practically the whole phase of this. So I think this blackmailing sucks, and Jainish had to be Sharia. So he had to rebel and rebel and rebel. Like he had to rebel for almost a very long time to finally make his parents accept me. Till an extent that today they consider me their daughter. Like that's how it's been. Like,
0: what do you what do you say about that, Scott? Shocking. I
2: it 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 certainly is uh surprising yes i mean look when it comes to marriage the funny thing is we were just watching a couple get married and they were doing a live stream of their wedding today so we were just watching yeah. it so my head is thinking of like the happy times of marriage and all that but manusha you brought it back to reality with dealing with in-laws and just uh, that's extremely intense. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here doing little errands and all of us your story just caught my attention. And that's, um, I don't even really know what to say to that. I mean, I'm sorry, you went through that. That's about the best I can say. That that sounds awful. Is that common? I mean, is this is this are
0: these sorts of experiences commonplace?
4: Um, no, not really. Uh, for a lot of
0: people, for a lot of people in the different socio economic uh, um, you know, parts of India, yes, um, definitely, but not not in a lot of educated, middle class educated people have kind of moved on. Uh, they do give uh, give the children a lot more choice. But, okay. uh, but, you know, we haven't moved on from this family blackmail stuff, we really need to do something about individuality of children, which is also a big deal here in America. I see a lot of kids get, you know, uh, kids in America, uh, especially, you know, I think Shreya can speak a lot about that too. Uh, Indian kids have to study a lot. They come with a lot of pressure of their parents to perform like their parents did. And and it is it is, a, it is a cycle, right Shreya?
5: Yeah, I think so. And I think that when it comes to restrictions, they become more adaptive to the environment you're in so for example my parents wouldn't necessarily be like oh you can't you know like they wouldn't go through this whole emotional blackmail but they'll be like just think about your future like we worked so hard to bring you here and we work so hard to give you this education you really want to throw it away on a man who flips you know spends his day flipping burgers at mcdonald's <laughs> like if that's your cup of tea i guess they even if the person could be perfectly fine they you know they there's just like a different level of blackmail that you go through and it's not very inherent because they're not like, I'm going to die if you do this. Like I'm going to die from a heart attack, but you know, manushis like in-laws clearly were a little more, more extreme about it, but they'll be like, think about your future. Like you work so hard. Don't you want a person who's of equal talent? Like, don't you want a person who, who can, you know, match your, and that is that is a level of blackmail. You just don't notice it because it's not as outright or as apparent when it comes to like being harmful.
0: it's here it's uh, it's big it's here and I, I see a lot of my family go through it a lot of kids um, living with the expectations that the parents have on on performing uh, in a certain way and you know keeping keeping the keeping the uh, expectations of the family going on and getting blackmailed into careers that they didn't want in the first place but because the parents expect them to be engineers and doctors. They still continue being engineers and doctors and don't, don't become rap artists, for example. So they become doctors and then decide, oh, now I'm a doctor. I got a scholarship. I'm going to go to music. And there's so many of us that do that just because, you know, there is this familial blackmail pressure. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, it continues. Uh, it hasn't died at all. Uh, I think Supriya wanted to say something, right, Supriya?
3: Yeah, so um, not just blackmail, I think, uh, as um, Sumi pointed out, it depends on the um, socio-economic and the caste system, um, how strong it is, because you do have honor killings as well in the northern uh, sections. Um, And I know some of my friends uh, who were scared to marry on their own because for the simple reason that, you know, they will be killed. So 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 you do have that. In the southern side, uh, it's more like, I will not see your face uh, till I die or something like that. But even now, uh, honor killing is coming up there also. So it is um, quite a big blackmail, as you rightly pointed out, is there with respect to your career, your choice of career, your choice of uh, um, uh, partner, or your choice uh, primarily to remain single. And even after marriage, there is blackmail. If supposing you don't want a child for uh, like, let's say some years, then both the parents and the in-laws will be blackmailing you that why are you not going for a child? So there is a blackmail throughout. Um, But then there are certain sections of families who realize that we cannot be conditioned by society's blackmail. So they, they are now pushing back and repelling and saying, we will not... Uh, given to you or given to our society's blackmail. We we want to give in to our kids and we want to stand with them. So we don't care what the society says um, because most of these blackmails, I know many of my friends have said that their parents blackmail because they are getting blackmailed by the society. So it's not like parents are blackmailing the kids um, just out of love, but they are also getting blackmailed. Because if supposing a child, a daughter is not married beyond 35, the parents are asked, oh, tumhari peti khar pe kya? Tum kya kar rahe ho, kaise ho? These are the questions being asked. So, so but many, uh, so the solution, you had asked for a solution. There are two solutions. One is like, you know, my, uh, to look for people who understand you in the family, bring them around you and try to convince the other family members and say, hey, this is my choice. It's not wrong. And try to do that. That is one. The second one is we cannot in into society's blackness. So my mother taught me one thing. Whatever you do, whatever you decide, don't think about society. Think whether it satisfies you or not as a person and as an individual that's the uh, only solution i will
0: give you. so these are the two solutions i would uh, suggest i think that was amazingly well summarized uh totally um you have something to say shreya i would
1: just like to add like what happens with me is uh you know i do i'm very shy of voicing my opinions so what happens is in my family my dad like i can call out my dad if he, if he's wrong i will tell him to his face and that's because as a family we have decided that whenever someone is wrong you have the freedom to call them out so even if a child calls out their parents my it's not a big deal in my family at least and that's how you start that's the start that's not the solution that's start of a solution so give your child the freedom to express their opinions even whether it's right or wrong just give them that autonomy to express their opinions even when you're wrong second is like I know from my experience, mine was reversed. I wanted to pursue biology after like we have to select in our streams, we have to select our subjects. So I wanted to pursue biology, and my mom was like, It's too hard of a subject. You pick something which is easy, which is commerce. You'll sail through because getting good grades is important for Indian parents. And they would fear that I am a happy-go-lucky child, I might not do well in biology. So my mom was like, No, take commerce. And my the only person who stood by me and my decision was my father he's like let her select whatever she wants to so that's how you start give them the freedom to take make their own choices give them the freedom to express their own choices and like in my family if uh, we are making if i'm making any choice i have to debate it with my parents that i have to debate okay, why do you think like i have to convince not them convinced by uh, emotional blackmail or something if I'm making, if they think I'm making something, uh, a wrong decision, they have to give me 10 logical reasons why they, uh, do they uh, think that I'm making the wrong decision. So that's how you counter by logic. You give your parents logic that I'm making this decision because I think like this. So when logic is countered, emotion would get into side. So tell, give your parents logic and expect logic from them also. Don't uh,
0: take emotions from them, expect logic also. So it's absolutely absolutely right so this is where i would want to end this discussion i think this is where we would want to tell our elders our parents that anybody can be wrong age has got nothing to do with being right or wrong anybody at any age can be wrong we respect uh everybody's experience but experience does not counter logic it does not counter the fact that uh, that the world changes that facts change that facts matter and and nothing can replace the freedom to make choice. It's not about the choice. It is about everybody's individual right to make the choice and have a choice. And By individual, everybody is an individual, your children, your family members are not an extension of yourself. They are individuals in their own right, and they reserve the right to be respected as individuals. And the only way that you can respect another person is to make sure that they have the right to make individual choices. And those choices are are not your choices. You will not you have lived your lives you cannot live your life vicariously through other people stop please and do not make others lives toxic by uh, imposing your choices on other people so this is where i love to end this discussion for this week guys we'd love to have you next week let's see what happens with sharon noki this week we're we're expecting we you have the spoilers uh we think we got uh, Quite a few this is going to be an interesting week and we know we'll be talking often um otherwise offline uh, but um we look forward to having an exciting week with uh, with what, whatever else is happening in the fan team and wish you all the luck and catch you offline and look forward to seeing you again next week at the panel take care bye